Hello and welcome to New Tricks, the weekly podcast from New Dog PR. I'm Emily Newman. And I'm Catherine Doggall. This podcast is a chance to mull over the current goings on in hotel land, chat to some pleasant folk about things they know and provide some interest for your ears. We've brought our journalism and communication experience together with our sector knowledge and contacts to create a strategic PR company which understands investing in hotels and the many roles within them. This week's episode is lucky number 13, and we're lucky to be joined by Julie Grieve, founder and CEO at Crichton, who shocks us all by suggesting that the guests should come first, and maybe one of the great things to come out of the pandemic would be not having to elbow people at the bar anymore. We also discuss what festive shapes you'd make out of crumpets, as M&S Paris manages to beat Brexit with bunny buns. Welcome, everybody, to episode, I think we're on 13, episode 13 of the oh, New Tricks, the weekly, but I oh, know, lucky, lucky 13 for <laughs> us. We are joined <laughs> by Catherine in a very Breton top and Spuddy from Paris, Wait. and also <laughs> delighted to be joined by Julie Grieve, founder and CEO of Crichton. Julie, Catherine, welcome to New Tricks. Morning. Welcome, 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 Emily. Welcome, Thank Julie. You. <laughs> How are you both? Julie, yeah. how are you? The end. I, I am uh, living, living the dream in my utility room as ever and uh, delighted it's Monday so that I don't have to be doing the weekend anymore because it was a hard one. <laughs> morally or, or yeah, emotionally, morally, physically? Uh, <laughs> yesterday was very emotional. Mm. I was tired and emotional yesterday, yes. So I'm delighted it's Monday and I can get back to that thing mm. of work, which is the, the thing that's saving me from emptying my wine cupboard. <laughs> the silence. <laughs> silence from you two. <laughs> no, no, no we, I'm, we're I'm here to help. You've got a, you've got a cupboard. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, my yeah. wine doesn't make it as far as the cupboard. <laughs> <laughs> Catherine, how are the? Yeah. Um, how are you? Uh, joyous, joyous. I didn't have any problems with my cupboards um, <laughs> over the weekends. That's they they pretty much stayed. I uh, actually I did have a problem with. I had a Zoom and I decided I would have some bottled beer and Ooh. I had I got some uh, I know um, some bottles of the uh, Vice uh, Vice Burger. No, that's impossible. Vice <laughs> beer, but with raspberry in it, which is what I drank the very first time I went to the Berlin conference. So because oh. it's March, I thought well. Um, and so I did that, but it's something about the, the chemical makeup of it meant that when I opened it, you know, that kind of cold into warm, it just kept frothing <laughs> over. And I thought, okay, oh. that's fine. After, but like after every sip, oh. and, and it's like, this is the big fear, isn't it? That when we're allowed to go out again, we're not going to be able to remember how to use menus or forks or, you know, tablecloths or any of these things. And this is how it begins. It just kept on frothing over me. And in the end, I decanted it into, into a glass thinking, right, this is going to solve all these issues. And no, it was just every whoosh, whoosh. Like, you know, it was like the time that my chemistry teacher in school put uh, fairy liquid into the town fountain. Oh, just like that, but for raspberry beer. I love it. Was this the sounds like it was that. hard work. <laughs> yeah, she couldn't. She couldn't resist. It's you know chemistry teachers <laughs> and their want. Yeah. stays stays fly, stays frothy for a long time. Um, oh, we need to talk oh, about crumpets as well. That. Let's talk. Let's let's do some let's do some industry stuff. But we we must talk about mm. crumpets because it's it's vital. Um, to kick things off, crumpets are somebody's have... industry, you know. Well, that's true and well they should be more, perhaps more people's industry so we run a weekly poll on the new dog social channels 
Twitter and LinkedIn. Um, last week's, we asked the the good people of social media, do you support the introduction of vaccine, vaccine passports such as the EU's digital green certificates to facilitate movement inside the block? 83% of people said yes on LinkedIn and 18 people said no. Let's talk vaccine passports, certificates. Do we need them? Will this help international mm. travel? Is it Big Brother? Julie, what are your thoughts? I guess my thought on this is always, I don't have anything to hide. So generally, if I'm given something that proves I've been vaccinated and it allows me to get on with my life, I don't have a problem with that. But also I understand that some people do. <clears throat> However, I'm a bit scared that if we introduce them, we're building a world where some people can and some people can't. And that, that messes with my head. But ultimately, I think if you were running a hospitality establishment... Uh, you probably are doing everything you can to be safe and secure. And so if the government says you can open and you can trade, if people have these, you probably support it. I'm going to say yes, because I think anything that gets trade moving at this point has yeah. to be good. Um, yeah. I take your point about some people will and some people won't. Um, and this was an argument about using them for pubs, wasn't it? It was like, yeah. but, you, but the people who run the pubs won't have had the vaccine because they're not in the age group to have the vaccine. Yeah. So if you can do that, if you can combine it with testing, if you can, because the idea is, isn't it, ultimately that everyone is as protected as they can be. So if you can do it with testing, if you're in a group that can't have had it, there must be some process for you to also have it. Um, because it's not like people say it's like the yellow fever certificate, but it's not like the yellow fever certificate because you don't have access to the vaccine necessarily. Um, even if you really, 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 really wanted it, you don't um, yeah. at some ages. So that's unfair on that front but at the same time i think people should be allowed to use it as part of a wider set of measures so you can get they, yeah. people can say can i see your test result or can i see your vaccine passport or can i see your antibody test even because some people will have antibodies and won't have a vaccine yeah so do you remember if you can we do used a full to have suite of options for travel that's fine yeah, but we used to have cards didn't we like you know years ago when you were going somewhere you know a bit unusual you would get vaccinated and you would carry it and you'd see you'd had it and it was fine yeah I've, I've, I've still got a yellow yellow fever card here yeah yeah so I think yeah I think yeah, the but... whole the whole impact on our society around about lockdown and whether we've given into it and there's concern now that um you know there's, that we're turning into a fascist state and we're going to be controlled by the government is taking control of some yeah, of the UK is most... fascist state but apart from that <laughs> But it's, it's about these more um, normal arguments that we wouldn't be concerned about normally, apart from the fact that we live in completely unquantifiable, who knows what the heck's going on where. And, you know, there doesn't seem to be any rhyme or reason to why the rules are where they are right now. You know, it's it's, it's Yeah, bizarre. I think it's, see, I think it's if, it's if they build in something else, isn't it? So if it just says, I had a vaccine on this date, fine. But there are yeah. going to be some governments who are going to be tempted to say, I had a vaccine on this date and I earn this much money mm. and, <laughs> and I believe this and I'm this religion and something else. And this is my Twitter handle. In. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yes, exactly. Like, like they did in the US where they wanted your Twitter handle if you were going through. They asked me for my Twitter handle and I wasn't giving it to them and then they got really stroppy about it. Why do you? Um, this was under Trump. But yes, because uh, uh, um, and it was in the, in the same the same interaction that they said you know what do you do for a living and I thought it's really your business um I said oh I'm a journalist and he said oh we don't like journalists over here ma'am and I thought brilliant that's brilliant nice it's immigrating a border there. control yes yeah, this is a border control you know ah, supposedly I thought they were trained by Disney 
<laughs> not so much it turned out so <laughs> no so, no I don't think I thought, well there's nothing you can do about it so there we are that's you that's you someone's coming to your front door imminently yeah, exactly. <laughs> well I was okay. bringing my new my new password to my French uh, tax website <laughs> Let's talk technology. about um, <laughs> before we get to technology. Let's talk about um, savings and cash and spending, um, because the recent study um, that by the Scottish Friendly and Centre for Economics and Business Research found that so, so there's nearly half, forty six percent of Brits, Brits have seen their cash savings increase over the past year. Collectively um, estimated to be holding one hundred ninety two billion, and the research shows that households plan to spend over more than a quarter of that um it, during 2021 the data also then shows that nearly a third of of that 34 percent um plan to spend this money to on travel and accommodation um so the the study talks about that being for overseas holidays which is a probably another podcast in itself at this stage because we don't know whether we can or we can't but um the point is there's a wadge of cash and it looks like it's about yeah. to be as with as the wall of money in many different guises looks yeah. like it's about <laughs> to burst forth on hospitality is is this a good thing let's discuss that julie what are your thoughts oh man i just can't wait i mean i, I you know <laughs> i'm a, i'm a, an optimist at heart right this is i'll just put that out there but i can't help thinking that if you're going to be able to turn an economy back on and hopefully have that, I mean, we've always, we were doing a double year, aren't we now, because of the number of lockdowns. But people want to get out. They want to go and socialise. They want to go out for meals. They want to go for holidays, for, for short breaks. It's going to be amazing for our industry if the government and the press would just let our industry go, get on with delivering th- those services safely, which we know we can do. We've done it before. You know, the, the evidence about transmission in hospitality is, you know, tiny. So I, I think that putting aside the scary statistic around about poverty and what's happened to people who are very poor versus, you know, day-to-day people who are still in jobs and all that sort of thing, I think it can save us. And I agree. Everyone I speak to cannot wait to go out for dinner but also joiners, builders, they're going to be smashed out the park as well because people, everybody's doing an extension or building something in their garden because we all think it's going to be like mm. this still for a bit longer. Yep. Yes, there's plenty of money switching around. I wonder how soon it'll be before Rishi Sunak decides that he needs to claim it back. So maybe <laughs> the maybe the route to happiness is to spend it quickly. <laughs> yeah. Rishi, Rishi gets his hands on it because he wants it, he knows it. <laughs> He feels like he feels like he's given it away, and you know we heard from Johnson over the weekend that he thinks people have been sitting around on their asses, doesn't he? Oh, so, yeah, uh, charming. <laughs> I thought I thought that. Yes, yes, absolutely. I he is um, in I touch. He is in touch. I just, uh, but, but here's a story. One of my teams and influence people. Exactly. So I'm speaking to my team just now, one to one. Just you know, how are you doing? What do you think we could do differently at Crichton? All that sort of stuff. And said to one of my team members, "How are you feeling about?" going back to the office so we gave up our office last year I don't you know it was just like I've got a cost it's storage that's it and she said I'd like to be with the team regularly but if I can stay working from home it's amazing I'm saving 375 pounds a month in childcare, 
And more importantly, her son gets taken to school now, doesn't get dropped off at the childminders at 7.30 to have his breakfast. And mm. she's there when he gets home. So this whole, um, you know, flexible working, being so much better for everybody, uh, I think is is on the back of that extra money. So she's going to be able to spend that money in the economy. Not so great for childcare, I get that, but there'll always be childcare required. So I think, yeah, the changes that this has brought about in the workplace are going to have a huge impact on mm. the money the money that people were spending. Yes, yes, you only need to look at the huge volume of cash people were spending commuting. Oh. Um, <clears throat> and hope, hope that that just, yes, last time I had to get a season ticket, it was a sad, sad time. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> so so if, that, if that can change... That's got to be that's got to be a boost to the economy because you know the the transport network in the UK, if, if nothing else, wasn't up to it. So yeah. um, certainly here in Parisland, we've been finding that now everyone's buggered off to their second homes. <laughs> it's an absolute delight. You can get the bus. There are no traffic jams. When people come back, it's going to be really irritating. Um, <laughs> but you know, there's no queues. It's like it probably wasn't 1600s, but with you know better sewage. Um, it's perfect. It's perfect as a city at the moment. So apart from, you know, all the closed restaurants. <laughs> Nobody on the streets apart from the people who can argue that they have to go to work. It's it's going to be strange. I think it's well, just... Well, we're, we're allowed out during drinkers. the day for street drinking. Yeah. I've, oh, I've got a meeting, a business meeting <gasps> with a human <gasps> later today. I was ironing earlier um, <laughs> with a human later today. And we'll be drinking an alcohol in the street. Wow. Hello, what what are our yeah, in the UK right. what are our rules? I, I, I lost track. Jealousy. <laughs> we were in Scotland we were released from earlier today, than you guys, so we've been allowed to do this for a while. Yeah. This is this is fun having these three so these yeah, we've got three different sort of different um regional perspectives on this, haven't we? So from today yeah. Uh, we are allowed to drink. Why is it all about drinking with me? It really is. Um, we are allowed to go to someone else's garden. So so it, up until this point, there's been no kind of domestic oh. mixing at all. But today marks the day yeah. that garden fun, two households can meet in a garden. Um, yeah. So if you haven't got a garden, can you nominate mm. a garden? I'm not sure how you that can... works. Again, just go like to and Johnson, and support not garden. really. Obviously, exactly. I just hang out with garden. Exactly. <laughs> I don't think um, Rishi and Johnson yes. can, can garden. cope with the fact that people might not have gardens because you know that's yeah. That's just, not there. just do a Dominic Cummings and use the most garden world. if you don't have a garden of your own. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, so you can drive any. Go. You can drive any distance to get to your garden if, <laughs> if you just say to the police, "I'm going to a garden." <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Guns I'm going are. to test my eyes okay. in the rose garden. <laughs> Julie, oh. as we've got you and you've you've um you've kindly agreed to join us, let's talk about technology because <laughs> that is your thing. Um and there's lots of I suppose there's yeah, there's 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 a lot of different um ways that we could look at this, but let's start by thinking about we are going to use the word accelerated because um it's a bingo moment and why not better than pivot it's, it's, oh you said it so much Minus better than pivot. points exactly <laughs> <laughs> um so what in particular has been accelerated which tech uh, bits of tech have, have been accelerated and there's a really interesting conversation going on now which we're having with some other clients about whether 
is there just a race to continue this or is there momentum to continue this or is it just a case of we've got to get through this and then we just want to get back to what we know and what we're comfortable with tell us what you're seeing and your thoughts so what I'm seeing is a couple of things so first one is F&B technology so ordering via your phone and being able to pay it has definitely gone through the roof and part of that was driven by the government saying you must be able to order a table um, and at one point it was a suggestion it would have to be on a device and then I think they stopped short of that so we've seen a, a big increase in uh, food and beverage ordering um, the interesting thing for me is that <clears throat> when I speak to hoteliers about it they definitely think that it will go so when things get back to normal we won't be able to do it anymore and when I say to them as a woman not having to go to a bar is very exciting for me because I can order from my table and not have to stand in the queue, get my elbows out, whatever else. That you know, mm. and they go, "Oh, I hadn't thought about that." And I'm like, "Yeah." And the other thing oh, is, those you know, pesky guests and listening well, to what you know, guests want. This is a reoccurring I, theme, isn't it? It's it's amazing. And Alfresco dining, which of course, as we know, is imminent uh, down south, twelfth of April. I think we're the end of April in Scotland. So. Alfresco dining to manage as as a restaurant or a hotel is quite a hard work. Who's paid? You've got people running back and forward. You're not always, you know, looking at them. Oh, I forgot to pay. Actually, if it's all done through the phone and it's paid for and you just know you can serve and not worry about the money, that's pretty, that's pretty good. And, it you know, it ties right through to your kitchen. You can integrate with your repos. So I think that whether they like it or not, there's going to be demand for that afterwards. The next thing I'm definitely seeing is uh, mobile check-in. And the, the thing that comes from that is then what do we do about digital key? Now, again, and you guys have heard me say this, hoteliers very much have processes in place which are around about capturing payment. And so it's they don't want to re-envision their guest journey. They just want to make sure that they can replicate a process with a phone. And I'm saying, no, this is an opportunity to actually completely re-envision your guest journey. Offer a digital guest journey. It won't be for everyone, but here's what you can do with it. And, you know, some of them are super excited and investing in this because they see it, see it coming. And others are very concerned about it. I want to talk to my guests when they arrive. I want, I want, I want, I want. And so I spend quite a lot of time saying, what does your guest want? You know, we're, we already know that older people have now adopted technology way more than in the past because they want to Zoom with their kids and grandkids. I just think there's a massive opportunity to increase choice and use technology to enable. So for me, if I can be greeted by someone at a door, do you know where you're going? Are you quite happy? Do you want a hand? That's amazing hospitality because I haven't had to stand in a queue. So we'll go on, but those are the two areas that I think are now part of a psyche that just well, just wasn't part of their psyche before. Some people, of course, depends on where you are in the service chain. But the luxury element are now going, okay, what does this look like? What do we have to do? And they're talking about it at the board level now. So it's exciting, yeah. but there's still a you know a freedom. I want I want them to sort of throw themselves into the abyss and, and trust that there's going to be a net underneath to save them, whereas they think they think they're throwing themselves into the abyss and there'll be nothing to save them. How far do you think 
down the road we are with this becoming a point of difference for guests to choose somewhere to stay if they do that we're at the wi-fi level yet honestly Catherine, i think this is going to become a hygiene factor i don't i don't i think like wi-fi they you know everybody was oh wi-fi i don't want people looking at their phones in my restaurant all that sort of stuff apart from you want them to instagram your food um, I just think this is going to become a hygiene factor and it's being driven by the chains. So the chains ha- were already all over this beforehand in terms of implementing digital key because they can see it coming and they can see the benefits to the bottom line and the different type of digital native guest who's just looking for this sort of experience. So, yeah, I, I, I think it's going to be hygiene. I, you know, it might be a couple of years away yet, but I think some very clever uh, brands are now implementing this because they understand it's not about just we have to have it. It's because guests will demand it. And if you don't have it, you'll, you know, you'll not get your five star, whatever five star is anymore, you know. Yeah, yeah. It's It's the new, the new trouser press. (laughs) Yeah, but much more useful, right? Because, you know, you can't, like who who can figure out those trouser presses? You always end up with the stripe in the wrong place. Maybe it's ladies' trousers. Um, I, I just think I just think well, that's probably yes. Maybe they were designed for men's trousers. Oh. Probably, probably <laughs> one of those. Probably one of those <laughs> things. But I th- I think yeah. I my view is it's going to be a necessity over the next couple of years. And uh, and yeah, some hoteliers will struggle with that because they because they're concerned about hospitality getting in the way, technology getting in the way of hospitality rather than seeing that it can help their team actually smile, I guess, to arrive rather than have to worry about getting the PMS to catch up. It's that age-old thing, isn't it? That 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 still continually feels like a um, a conflict in in hoteliers' minds that it has to be either technology or human interaction, and it's just not. It's just not. Uh, uh, We've heard again and again on this fine platform on on this podcast that it doesn't need to be um, one or the other. Um, I was going to ask about forward payments, but Catherine, go on. What were you going to say? No, I was just going to say, I don't know what the hell it is that they always want to say to me when I check in anyway. (laughs) Other than, are you going to steal my life? (laughs) (laughs) What is it? Exactly. Can we have your credit card in case you're going to steal from us? Yeah. Generally, it's <laughs> are you checking in, right? I, I, I can't remember. That's it. Yeah, you exactly. Know, you also, are you home. checking in? Yeah. No, I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> no, just, it just, was just raining outside. It's comfy. Yes. Who are you? That's always a good one. Yes. Yeah, who are you? <laughs> I mean, look, the long and <laughs> short of it is there will What's still... What's happening here? Yeah, there will still be people who want to go to reception because they want to ask something and they want to speak to a person and that's absolutely fine. Yeah. The more information you can get to your guests before they arrive and the quicker you can get them into their room and their stay, the better for everybody. Because once they're in their room and their stay, they're like, right, what am I doing? Where am I going? How am I spending my money? What you know? And that's your sort of chance to really drive total revenue. Um, you know, in reception, a lot of hotels will say we do a lot of upsell, but folk aren't, like, don't try and sell me something at reception. I just want to check my room's okay, you know? So, yeah, yeah, yeah I think I think there's I think there's a big opportunity to reimagine that, and the clever ones are doing that. Uh, and then, you know, it's that thing, isn't it? Do you want to be a leader or a follower? And if you're a follower, it might, it might work out better for you because you can see other people making mistakes but you're not setting the trends. 
Absolutely. And this has given us an opp- all opportunity to do that, hasn't it? Um, something that's been in the trade press over this last week or so is, and I guess as we're looking towards reopening, um, if you recall back to the heady days of last summer when we were all eating out to help out, um, there were a lot of people who were um, making reservations and then not turning up. So these yep. places were, uh, they were burning through a lot of missed um uh, reservations and um, it was all not great so the yeah. school of thinking at the moment is do we are we charging people up front um, for meals drinks whatever um, how does that feel from a guest point of view and from a operator's point of view I guess tech will obviously help enable that yeah I mean a lot of the booking systems now you you're able to put a credit card details into it when you're making a booking to guarantee the booking and I honestly I'm a big fan of that and I have to say you know so I live on coast in in, uh, uh, East Scotland and the restaurants here in the summer are super busy before Covid and they were already starting to take credit card details because people would book and then not come and they were losing money so I don't I don't see this as a big, oh, it's all COVID spall. I just think people are a bit lazy fear about whether or not they go to a restaurant and don't think it's a big issue. It's even more of an issue now for the hotel. So I would say from any hotel's perspective, collect credit cards, don't, you know, charge a cancellation fee and, you know, make sure it's real, but you're more likely to get someone to come if there's a financial loss of some perspective to them. And it gives you a bit more security you know, ultimately, we're all in business. We're not charities. How do you phrase it so it doesn't sound like turn up or I'm going to send the boys around? I think you just have your terms and conditions. But yeah, sadly, go to doorstep. <laughs> I think, you know, the long and the short of it is you probably know on the morning of your restaurant, uh, you know, visits whether or not you're going to make it. And if you're not going to make it, give the restaurant a chance to get your table rebooked. If you have a last minute incident, you know, um, then most of us in hospitality can tell whether someone's taking the mic call or not. And it's up to you always to implement your terms and conditions. And, you know, I've got this spectacularly wrong uh, occasionally at Latchell City where I thought someone was taking the mic call and, and they absolutely weren't. You've just got to trust your gut and, you know, decide on the customer you know, could you replace the table? What does it sound like? And and but, but businesses follow those decisions all the time. Generally, though, if you just say to someone, we take a deposit, and if you don't come and you don't cancel within four hours or eight hours or whatever, we'll charge you a cancellation fee. You know, if you book tickets to go to a cinema or a theatre and you don't turn it up, you know, they'll pay for them. You know, they don't get the popcorn sales, but you still pay. Yeah, true enough. Your and, face happens, you're like, human as well. Interesting. <laughs> 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 uh, we're all just dreaming Sorry, about popcorn and theatres yes, and eating out. Big squeak. Just being a smidge no. human in communications is probably not a not a dreadful thing yes. either. You know, like we've had a hard twelve months. You want to you want to come and eat. We want you to come and eat. We can't afford for you not to. Just just be just be honest, yeah. just be human. That generally doesn't fail as a as a as an approach. What I've really noticed is 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 identities coming through. So, you know, because obviously I watch a lot of hoteliers and restaurateurs online yeah. and you can see the personalities coming through. They're communicating with their 
uh, guests and our followers about the issues they've had and how they're trying to get past it. And so you get a brigade of people who want to help you. And so they understand if you've had to change your policies because business has been really tough for the past, God, by the time we get there, 18 months, isn't it? You know, it's. Uh, I think it's fine as long as as long as you're fair and Great. you're upfront. As we we are, this is we've we've had a, a joyful twenty eight minutes. We're rattling through this. Um, as we kind of draw this to a close. <laughs> oh no, crumpets! Tell us about crumpets. Tell us about <laughs> before we crumpets. ask Julie the uh, the guest <laughs> questions. Tell us about tell us about M and S. How are you? How are your food supplies? Uh, yes. So our latest update from M and S Paris is. That we still don't have any milk, but we do have bunny rabbit shaped crumpets. <laughs> uh, yes, thank Christ, I swear, for Easter. But um, <laughs> so they didn't. Oh. We didn't have. I can only imagine in the development kitchen how that crucifix went. Crucifix crumpets. crumpets. Cross bit, crumpets. Bit, bit too much. Let's crumpets. go, bunnies. Uh, donkey crumpets. Oh. <laughs> yeah. So roll it back and um yes, bunny crumpets, bunny headed oh, crumpets. I love and crumpet. they were lovely. You open the packet and they had that crumpet smell that crumpets <gasps> have. I'm still I realised after I'd eaten them completely that I'm still not entirely sure what is in a crumpet. Because mm. oh, I feel another competition to, coming on. Was one, if it wants to make crumpets from scratch <laughs> <laughs> exactly. then um <laughs> If you were to, because it's always now that we've, you know, had MS snatched away from us, we've been making lots of things from scratch now, like Little House on the Prairie and, um, <clears throat> you know, like saving onion stuffing. Um, and so we've all learned to survive in the wild. And if you were to have to survive in the wild with your crumpet making, what would you, what would you need? Is it like a, do you need like a, is there like a crumpet, like waffle iron out there? I saw on my is friend's it a, Is it like feed. a batter? Well, that, no, I, yeah, I think it is a batter, but I saw the round sort of round things that you put in your frying pan that then you fill with your crumpet mixture. So I think that's no. what it is. Yeah, like a scone cutter, except you don't cut, you just pour in. Oh, and then I'm going to guess, yeah, yeah, I'm going to guess it's like bicarbonate soda or something bits. that makes the holes, you know, it's sort of popping off. Yeah, because mm. yeah, it does all bubble. There's bubbly bubbling. Bubbly bubbling. And then oh, it's really good because the butter, butter goes in. Mm. Yes, it does. <laughs> when you that made was my feeling on the matter yesterday when I ate them. <laughs> yeah. Quite. Yes, I did eat the bunnies. Ear head first. first. <laughs> oh, ear first. There we go. Oh, no, ear first. Ear first. Ear first. Because it's like an entry level in before you really warm the mouth up and you can approach the whole head. So, yes. Yeah, oh, well done, MS. Well done, MS. So, we won't be starving. It's, you know, let them eat crumpets here in Paris. <laughs> It's it's terrifying to be the person who has to decide how to represent Britain in France in Marks and Spencers. What should we give them that will it really them is home? rubbery pigs, and <laughs> bunnies, crumpet bunnies. Yeah, <laughs> it's okay. Yes. Yeah. I kind of think oh, that I should have added much. the cottage cream. I don't know. Oh. I don't know because yes, people do have you know other participants in the bunnies yesterday. I can and jam see that. I just yes. feel it might be a bridge too far. Butter and jam. I don't know how. Oh yeah, well, I don't know how many. Do, how many do let us know. Put on a crumpet. Yeah, they're not a scone. Mm. We've got to be. We've got to be clear. <laughs> no, no, no. But you see, I think Delia and Delia can correct me if she's if I'm wrong. Um, <laughs> I'm sure I've seen a crumpet with with like Stilton and walnuts on. I am. Oh, okay. <laughs> yes. I'm not sure what 
what what religious holiday that equates to this yeah as we as we draw our crumpet chat to a close Mm, julia we're going to ask you some of our some some questions Uh, uh, (laughs) if you can if you can release your mind of crumpet thoughts for just just two minutes (laughs) (laughs) she got off julia she got off when the shutters are up <laughs> and I've had the jabs in my arm, the first thing I'm going to do is... So I've already had my first jab, which is very exciting. Um, Ooh. So there's there's like the obvious ones, right? Like, you know, see my mum and my sister. Um, can't wait for that. And and just see friends who I don't live within five miles of. Um, but definitely out for dinner, often uh, definitely hotel stay. Although my husband and I have a small gift shop that will be busy in the summer, so might have to wait September. And then um, yeah, off to France when I'm allowed to see my one of my oldest friends, uh, who is in a profound France, profound and is a lovely place. And oh. yeah, I can't wait. I can't wait to just yeah get there. <laughs> how how so I get there, I don't maybe. know, but I can't wait to get there. Have you considered buying a second home, in, uh, in, or or at least downloading an app on your phone that claims that you might be going to look at a second home? Exactly. Or yeah. indulging in looking at some second homes and just not buying them, and then getting there and going, "Oh no, I had a look, but I didn't oh, like look at any of them, so yeah. I come back." I, I decided Stanley not Johnson. to buy a second home, but uh, I had to go and look I was for myself. Going to. <laughs> yes, exactly, exactly. Good plan. Okay, so, yeah, that's the plan. The best thing about the hotel sector is. Oh, it's amazing resilience and network. I mean, you know, there there are other sectors that have been impacted, but there's no doubt hospitality has been hit perpetually the hardest, you know, and the widest sense of hospitality from nightclubs and, you know, visitor attractions to hotels. But I just think the resilience, the bounce back ability of these people is amazing. I was speaking to some hoteliers last week and they were saying some of their team haven't worked for a year. And so, you know, they're in that, we need to get them back. We're having, you know, we're talking about training and these people just can't wait, you know? So they're always, always hugely impressed just by their sheer grit and determination. The hotel sector would be significantly improved if? (laughs) Well, this is easy. Get their head out of their whatever and realise that technology is going to be the way forward. It's going to help them. There's, you know, once we get back to normal, the, the whole staffing implication around about Brexit, I think, will hit us again. And, you know, it's about understanding that technology can underpin hospitality provision by your team uh, and just get over this whole, oh, it's, it's tech or it's tech or people know it's both depending on what the what guest, guest wants. wants crazy idea um penultimate one i know what the <gasps> industry needs now is well i think for us all to go and spend Happy loads of money help. with them personally and and you know really to to get some yeah to get some money back in the coffers you know there's there's now a lot of debt in the industry you know people have been hanging on uh, you know literally by a thread so get the coffers built up, but understand that some of the stuff that we've had to do is now part of the psyche. I don't think the social distancing and that sort of thing is going anywhere for a while. So what does that mean for your business? How how has it changed your levels of profitability? What can you do to change it? And, you know, things like we talked about, you know, taking a deposit to make sure you don't have an empty table. If you've If you used to have 10 tables and you've now got four and one of them's empty, that's a killer, you know. So, uh, yeah, hopefully build their coffers up and, and get get to understand what the new normal looks like. 
Um, and finally, this is, a, this is a question, not a statement. I'd like to think we've learnt from this. <laughs> uh, that we need a seat at the table. You know, I mean, you know, Kate from UK Hospitality has been phenomenal. And, you know, I think we've, as an industry, we've come together and we've lobbied, but there's an absolute abject lack of understanding about our industry and senior uh, parts of government. And we can't have that anymore. I mean, literally, they will say to us, oh, yeah, turn it back on and you'll help the economy. But do they actually understand uh, how hard it's been for us and how it's we can't just sort of get our supply chain sorted within a couple of days and, you know, open back up? Uh, we just we need a minister for hospitality uh, tourism dedicated to that it's a huge part of our economy our gdp and it needs proper representation whoop to all of that thank you julie <laughs> that's that's super thank you for joining us on this bright and breezy monday morning <laughs> thank you Indeed. Catherine. the best of you, the best of a paris week to you enjoy the crumpets and whatever else you may find <laughs> of course of course <laughs> Thanks both. Take care. Thank you. Bye. Bye, 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 bye. So that concludes our thoughts for this week. Thank you to everyone involved in creating this episode and providing something for your ears whilst walking the dog, washing the cat, chopping the veg, or however else you pass the time while podcasting. Please do review and subscribe if you get your ear entertainment via Apple or follow new tricks if your ear delight comes from Spotify. These things make a difference apparently. Until next time.